Welcome back to Edgework here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can find us here on each of those days, giving out picks and previewing the games for that night. So make sure to subscribe here to the Edgework HQ YouTube channel. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd. We only got three games tonight, so we'll break down each of those games. But before we do, Alex, I got to ask you, what's going on in Chicago right now? The Blackhawks on a three-game win streak. Patrick Kane basically says, uh, all right, New York, you're not going to trade for me. Toronto, you're not going to trade for me. I'll show you what you're missing out on. And uh, the guy's been on fire since those trades have gone down. But what is happening in Chicago? And how quickly are they going to be looking to get him out of their lineup so that they can continue to tank for Bedard? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's kind of making uh, making things a little hard for what the uh, the rebuild right now. But uh, I missed out. I mean, literally a tenth of a second less than that away from having uh, arguably one of the best game winning goals in, in NHL history with that slap shot at the buzzer. Oh, Unfortunately, did not count. Uh, but that would have been the best. I think the best yeah. regular season game winner in history. I I've, I've would have never. I can't recall yeah. anything even coming close to that. Especially when, a, yeah, when you look at the circumstances of that, that could potentially be his last game at the United Center. Uh, that would have been the the perfect way to 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 put a bow on his Blackhawk career if it, it does come to a close uh, at some point. But yeah, I mean the Hawks keep on winning when they're really not supposed to, and and here they are tonight. You know, about to play a, another division opponent that they've actually battled well uh, over the years with in the Dallas Stars. So uh, kind of defeating the purpose. But uh, it, as a fan, it is at least nice to see them get some wins under their belt and seeing some of these younger players develop too. Seeing like guys like Jackson Stauber should be getting the, uh, the nod tonight in that. Already four and one in his career. He's the first Hawks goalie, I uh, said over and over 50 years to win his first three starts uh, as a rookie. So there's some bright spots going on in the West Side of Chicago right now. Is that a Bobby Hall jersey? This is, no, it's, this is good old number eight. It's back to change. I know what you're trying to do there, Andy. No. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll I, my my dad met Bobby Hull one time at a casino, and he was drunk, and he signed the. It was like an after an old time old timers hockey game, and he like signed the ticket. And I remember he brought it home to me, and I was like, "What the fuck do I want this for?" It's like some old timer yeah. hockey, like just right. some scribbled well, on autograph. <laughs> I mean, you know, to, to the dearly departed, but you know, if you have a Bobby Hull story, chances are, if you met him, probably wasn't that sober. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> As I said, there are only three games today, so we'll get into each of those and break them down. But if you have any questions today about games or uh, even about future things coming up, make sure to ask them in the chat, and you can do so here on the Edgework YouTube channel. We will see them live. We'll, we'll be able to get to them, so we'll answer them throughout the show. But uh, before we actually start on the games, I have one more question here. Andy, you watched uh, Ryan O'Reilly play last night get a hat trick for the Maple Leafs. How are you feeling about that trade now? <laughs> For anyone listening on the podcast after, <laughs> and he just left. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I told you. I was out, man. You're gonna, not going to talk about this. 
Um, yeah, I mean, great, great I knew for the, he was going to do that. Great for the great for the Maple Leafs. Uh, moving on. Uh, All right, fair enough. Moving on, moving on. But I mean, you guys are getting uh, Patrick Kane. The Bruins are getting Patrick Kane, right? Do you really? No, no, no. I I just don't. I that has never even crossed my mind once. I just like. No, it's you... the top article on ESPN right now. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I'm not actually. When did that go up? That uh, just went this up this morning, morning, I believe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's that? Is that Wasinski or? I'll pull it up right now. Emily Kaplan. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't uh, know, man. Yeah, uh... I, I was kind of leaning like based on everything I heard the last little bit over the weekend and stuff. I was kind of leaning towards him not moving at all but um i don't know that's what i honestly believe you know i i, I, I could easily see him not not getting moved yeah yeah like i don't i don't i think i think that's kind of where i was at the start of the season like even though i was you know in kind of uh you know trying to account for the fact that they they the blackhawks might not have kane and jonathan taves for the entire season like this is back in september i mean but um, I was kind of always for just just because you know we we're kind of conditioned to to get excited for these things to happen and the, they don't end up happening. So uh, I don't know. Kind of wouldn't be surprised at all to see him just stay in Chicago and it. And especially very... now with, with Taves not getting moved, and I like I said, I'm I'm just waiting for the announcement of Taves to pretty much call it a career at some point. I think that's coming sooner than later. I think Kane yeah. might be sticking around. Even that might actually have something to do with it as well too. I mean, those two have been literally together their entire career, uh, you know, Taves came in a year early, obviously, but other than that, the, the two have been synonymous with one another and, and synonymous with the Hawks their entire career. I mean, so I think if you're Boston, you absolutely add Patrick Kane to what you have right now and go for it and don't even think twice about the future ramifications of, you know, whatever it is, because I think um, I think that really would set the, the Bruins apart in terms of, you know, the, the kind of high-end skill that they have um at the top of their lineup but uh yeah i don't know i don't know i'd be i'd be flabbergasted if that happened all right well let's get into the games here we'll start with uh the winnipeg islanders game winnipeg on the road to new york tonight uh winnipeg currently is holding on to second spot in the central one point behind this dallas team they are four up on colorado but they got two more games played than the avalanche to this point and uh, the Islanders right now are holding on to the first wild card spot in the East. They managed to jump over uh, Pittsburgh and Washington. Them and Florida did actually the other day with uh, the Islanders win over the Penguins. I guess there's double back-to-back wins over the Penguins that helped vault them into that position. Now, one point up on Florida, two points up on Pittsburgh, six two and two in their last ten games. And you start start with you. Uh, any thoughts on this game here tonight? Um, I mean, like first off, how just how bad uh, Western Conference have teams have done in the East this season? It's uh, um, been a, a pretty brutal year for that. But I mean, the Jets are in the you know among the top teams in the West. Uh, the Isles are, are definitely not a, a formidable opponent. Goaltending matchup is is interesting. You've got Hellebuck, who um, you know really he's only played three games since the All Star break, and two of those games. Uh, came in in two nights just a, a couple of days ago, so he's he's maybe playing his third game in four days here. Uh, I, I would assume they go back to him today, um, 
But yeah, I, I've got the Jets as a small favorite. I mean, both of these teams are absolutely starved for goals right now. Uh, but I think, you know, the Jets have a higher offensive ceiling um, and uh, and should be a small favorite, but just not, just not enough to, you know, justify making a bet. I had them priced around minus 105 uh, when I looked this morning. So, um, yeah, I mean, New York is a, a weird team right now. They're They're really not playing great defensively. They've been giving up a lot of shots. Uh, over the last couple of weeks and uh you know with matt barzell out of the lineup uh their their offensive ceiling is a little bit a little bit lower than usual um but i mean side note just how bad are the penguins because if you look at this islanders <clears throat> islanders lineup like I, it still blows me away that they were able to, to get that win not not obviously you know anything can happen but i'm really surprised that they were able to to, to take it to the penguins the way they did uh in the last game, you look at this lineup, there are some, um, I mean, they've got Matt Martin on the top line right now. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's pretty brutal. So, um, I, am not a, not a big fan of what the Islanders have going on right now, but the Jets, man, they just, uh, they just aren't getting the, aren't getting their, their scoring rates just aren't where they should be. I mean, they've been generating a lot of expected goals, um, over the last month or so and uh, just not getting the, the, the results. So, hope, you know, maybe that'll turn, but against a guy like Ilya Sorokin, it's uh, it's a pretty tough spot. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I think, you know, obviously we've seen this total lined at five and a half. It's clearly from the goaltending matchup of Sorokin going against Hellebuck. And it's going to be hard for Hellebuck to try to top the, the performance he had in his last outing, making 50 uh, saves on 51 shots in that win. But, you know, as you mentioned, uh, you know, the Islanders, their offense is already kind of tested and limited. And, you know, missing a guy like Barzal, that's a pretty tough thing to, to deal with. So hopefully, like I said, they've been allowing a lot of shots. I'd like to see Winnipeg get a goal early in this contest and then maybe try to go for a live under uh, at a better price. It's just kind of dicey playing unders at five and a half. You get a couple of uh, tri trippy goals here and there, and all of a sudden it goes over. So uh, I think this could be an under-styled matchup, especially with the goaltenders involved and, and you know, some slightly limited offenses. But five and a half scares me a little bit of that number. All right, I'm interested in your guys' thoughts on the Eastern Conference uh, playoff situation, how it shapes out. We've talked about it a few times on here just in terms of the Metro and the Atlantic, those three teams. That's essentially what it's going to be come playoffs, barring anything extreme happening over the next little while. But you kind of look at the wild card and how it breaks down right now. The Islanders are one point up on Florida. Florida's one point up on Pittsburgh, who's one point up on Detroit and Washington. And even at this point, Buffalo's... Yeah, they don't play that well against the top end teams, but they're not really out of this thing as it stands right, right. now. Like they're four points back of Florida. If you're to kind of look at this uh, this playoff picture, would there be any teams that you'd maybe look at who aren't inside the playoff position right now to say like, hey, that team could leapfrog another team? Uh, is there teams that like the Islanders, like Florida, that you'd say, hey, maybe they'll they'll fall off? as the season goes on and we get closer and closer to to the actual playoffs and when things start to lock in a little bit more because as we approach here it feels like all of those teams that i had just mentioned are going to still continue to try to add here at the deadline maybe a team like buffalo might not go out and go big name hunting or anything or mortgage the future but try to add a piece and show the guys like hey you you battled back we're in a good position here let's try to snap this 11 year playoff drought or like you could see somebody just try to make some type of push or add any type of player there, but a team like Washington, I feel like is probably gonna fall off or continue to fall off. Might not make it in. Pittsburgh is in that weird spot, and like Andy said, like 
they're really not that good. But I'm looking at this just kind of trying to figure out who is going to make the playoffs here in the East, and I can't really get a grip on it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a bunch of mid teams that are fighting for those two final spots in yeah. that when that wild card race. And honestly, Buffalo could put themselves right at the top of that of that list if they go out and get a a proven veteran goalie. Uh, Uko Pakalukin is not ready for for prime time. He's not ready to take on the bulk of this workload, especially big t- you know big time games moving forward. If they wish to climb up and, and grab a playoff spot, I think they have to do something about their goaltending. If they do that, they're easily the best team out of that group you just mentioned. But <clears throat> we were talking about this on a podcast I did last night. And Detroit Red Wings kind of stick out as well. They're a team that they don't do a lot of things consistently night in night in and night out. But with a guy like Huso, who has a record of, of getting hot and getting streaky at times, you know, you can give them maybe a puncher's chance to, to stay uh, float longer than some of these other teams. But I think Florida and Washington, two teams are going to find themselves uh, playing themselves out of the string, especially Florida. I mean, this their, their inconsistencies, especially on offense, have been really brutal this year. So uh, it, it's going to shake itself out. And like I said, the deadline is going to be big for that, that group of six teams to see who's going to be in and who's going to be out. Yeah, I, I could definitely see the, these teams playing musical chairs for the rest of the season. I, I mean, um, nobody really screams contender, right? It's it, They've all got their warts. They've all got problems. Yeah. Um, they've all got, obviously, some good qualities, too. But uh, I think, you know, as in terms of Washington, though, I just I just I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't totally write them off because I think you could see a really a big push from them, you know, through the last 20 games of the season. If they if they get back to full strength and they really uh, don't have any injury troubles to deal with. So um, I think I think you could see something big from them. I mean, Kemper, you, you talk about goalies that have been streaky. Well, Kemper has been been pretty streaky and he could easily get hot and, and turn things around pretty quickly. Right. So. Um, I think uh, I think I wouldn't write Washington off, but um, I do agree with uh, with Alex in terms of uh, you know a team like Florida probably playing themselves out. They just seem to be as 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 much as you would think that they would be able to force the issue if they just continued to you know press on offense the way that they can. Uh, the goaltending it's just continues to be a big problem, and and it's going to mean that they're not able to win games as easily as they they should be able to. Uh, all right, a question for you then. Last thing, kind of on this ta- on this specific topic is, uh, if you are Detroit or Buffalo, how do you navigate approaching the deadline and then approaching playoffs here? I, I think the deadline would be the first thing that's going to be the biggest domino to fall, where you kind of have to make a decision of what you're going to do. But I'm looking at this. I kind of personally slot Buffalo in close to where the Leafs were the first year that they made the playoffs with Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and those guys in the sense of get these guys to the playoffs, give them an opportunity to to experience it. You get there, you learn the atmosphere, you learn what it's like to play in the playoffs, and it's not like a knock on them. It's just that they haven't had that, and once you kind of right. get there, you learn that, and you ha- you start to kind of understand the feeling and, and uh, the intensity of it. So it might maybe take six out- years, but you start to learn it. Yeah. A- anyways, anyways. <laughs> you, you, have the they learned is, anything yet? How many have the Leafs learned anything from all of this playoff experience yet? <laughs> Andy, the honest answer is no. <laughs> no, they have. You've got to learn how to lose again and again and again before you you learn yeah. how to win. That's what they say, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, what is the saying? It's like a winner is just a loser who kept trying. 
That's uh, that's what we got yeah. here in Toronto right now. We're just lasers to keep trying. Yeah, uh, but you look at Buffalo. I kind of feel like they'd be in that spot. Maybe go out and acquire a small piece. But if you're Detroit, you're clo- you're even closer than Buffalo is to, to an opportunity to make the playoffs. And you're kind of just outside of that spot. But you have some pending UFAs. You haven't got a contract situation lined up with Larkin. Uh, things have been kind of up and down throughout this season. Do you? If you are those two teams, like how do you play it out? Because you are also looking at these other teams around them, those three, four other teams that they're probably going to go out and try to acquire a big piece because they're in a much different organizational position than you are. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think for Buffalo, it's much easier because Buffalo's lineup. I mean, that's pretty much pretty much intact when you look at the top six. None of those guys are getting moved. None of the yeah. top four defensemen are getting moved. Uh, you know, this if you look at their just just their basic starting lineup. The two names that stick out would be Kyle Ocposo, uh six million dollar cap hit playing on your fourth line, and then Craig Anderson, a forty one year old goalie who's giving you mid range numbers, and you're paying him one point five million. If you can, you know, ship those two guys off and get get you a better uh, upgrade in net, I think that's all Buffalo really needs to do. But yeah, it's a lot a lot dicier with Detroit. They got a lot of guys they need to try to resign moving forward, and they got to you know figure out who's going to fit in there and can they move some of those pieces and, and get guys in return that can not only be an impact now and make a push toward the playoffs, but they can sign them long-term and keep a, a stable core going forward. Uh, I think for Buffalo, um, I don't know if I would necessarily do anything. If I was running that team, I'd probably be pretty happy with where, where we're at right now. And um, I mean, I think you can get away without doing anything without getting too much grief from the fan base and, and whatnot because of just how much progress the team has made this year. I don't think anybody's going to blame the the management group for not, you know, going all in in a year where clearly the Eastern conference is, uh, is, is going to be tough anyway. But um, for Detroit, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's like Detroit made like, unlike Buffalo, Detroit made a lot of moves and tried to improve their team thinking that they could, you know, make that next step this season. Right. So, um, you know, does, does, does this instill some confidence in their in their process there? Do they add to it, or um, do they look at the larger picture and really that this team, you know, is is probably not there yet, and they still have a long way to go before they are going to be a legitimate uh, threat in the playoffs? So I'm not I'm not sure if if I'm Detroit, if I would even even consider really 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 trying to push the the issue here. If you are Detroit, though, do you kind of maybe look at it the other way of like, all right, maybe it's now time we could ship some of these guys out. We know we're not going to get them signed because you hear Larkin, Bertuzzi, like these are guys who could potentially be moved. Is that maybe a route that you start to look at? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I think, I I don't know, based on everything I hear, it it seems like, I don't know, Alex probably has a better read on this than I do, but I, I, I haven't heard anything about Larkin not nec- not wanting to stay in Detroit. Have you? Is, is that? No, I haven't. No, I haven't heard one way or the other. But I mean, it you know, it seems like the talks are kind of fraying a bit as they go on. So, yeah, gotcha. Man, all right. Well, let's continue to look at games here for uh, for tonight. We do have the Blackhawks coming off a back-to-back here with a win last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they are. Three game win streak right now, five, four, and one in their last ten. But this team is, uh, as much as they're not a great team, they are very bad on the road. Seven, sixteen, and two going in to face a Dallas team who's holding on to first in the Central right now. A point up on Winnipeg, yeah, a point up on Winnipeg. Same number of games played as them. Five points up on Colorado, but they uh, they have played two more games than the Avalanche. Three, two, and five in their last ten. So this team is skidding out right now. Four-game losing streak for them. 
Uh, is this a bounce back spot here, Alex, tonight for the for the Dallas Stars, an opportunity to find themselves and start to turn things around, or is uh, is your Chicago Blackhawks going to continue to roll here? I mean, you know, I've been trying to pinpoint when the bounce back spot for the Dallas Stars is going to happen throughout this uh, <laughs> these last nine games. They've lost seven of them, so uh, getting kind of tired of trying to trying to figure that out. But like I said, the Hawks have been playing some some solid hockey, and they've always played uh, Dallas fairly tough. Uh, over the years, just taking a quick look, they've lost the last five meetings, but previous to that, they've been playing them uh, pretty much around 500. And one of the things to look at with this matchup is, like I said, Dallas really needing to get points, uh, especially against a division opponent, and, and trying to stay afloat, trying to hang on to that top spot in the Central. We've seen them play a lot of close games lately. I think this one might be a, a good overtime spot. And you're getting plus 440, I'm saying, uh, up to plus 472 at Pinnacle for the draw. And we just saw the Hawks go to OT against a, a good Vegas team last night. Uh, like I said, with Dallas, just in their last 10 games alone, uh, we've seen them go to OT in six of them. So this is definitely worth a shot uh, sprinkling with the draw. Like I said, we've been seeing a lot of these games going to OT lately. Teams just want to get out of there with at least one point, and that's definitely uh, the case for Dallas. They want to get points, and if, if it's close late, they're not going to risk uh, coming out of there empty-handed. All right, well, we could put a half unit on that then for the uh, for the regulation draw between Dallas and Chicago. And you can track that here on the Edgework HQ bet stamp account. You can find it in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ. See all the picks from every day, how we've done throughout the course of the season, our pending futures bets. You can see that all on there, so make sure to go check that out. But we'll put a half unit on that. And Andy, any thoughts for you in this game tonight? Um, no, I, I mean, I, I echo a lot of what uh, Alex uh, said. And I mean, you look, you look at Dallas right now. This is or this. First of all, this is a very tough spot for Chicago. It's six game in, in nine nights. Uh, um, start of a, a, a road trip. Clearly, they've got, you know, that Patrick Kane energy to feed off of right now, though, which might <laughs> might help them give them a little, give them a little boost like it has. But uh, but. You know, I'm definitely not interested in anything Dallas here because this is a team that scored five goals over the last four games. Um, they've lost seven of their last nine. I know we talked about it uh, around the All-Star break, uh, Zach, and uh, just about how Winnipeg was probably the value bet in the the Central Division. Uh, the, the Stars were around minus 145. Now they're they're at plus 110 <clears throat> to win the, the division, the, the Jets down to, to 400. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, just not a spot that, I mean, it, it might definitely be, or it might very likely be a, a, a get right spot for Dallas here, but not a, a value spot by any means. And, uh, I think I'll just, like I said, cheer for overtime here with, with Alex. All right. I like it. I'll be on that one as well. And final game of the night, the Calgary flames going to Arizona to take on the coyotes. This Calgary team currently sitting outside of a playoff spot in the in the West right now. Four points back of Minnesota, seven points back of Edmonton. They are 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10, and uh, they got a lot lot going on there with them. You hear it uh, started with Sutter going out and pretending he didn't know the kid's name, Jacob Peltier, that plays makes his debut with them. And then now it's rolled over to uh, Huberto's agent is calling out Sutter in the uh, on Twitter, I guess more than anything, he's calling him out on Twitter. CC at Calgary Flames, 
letting him know that uh, it's, it's boring, not fun hockey, and he's going insane doing the same things over and over again. But this Calgary team really hasn't been able to get anything on the rails this year. A lot of that would be due to the fact that they haven't really got the goaltending, struggled to gel early. Going on the road here tonight against Arizona, who has been about a 500 team at home in that mullet arena. And you, what do you look for in the in a game like tonight? Yotes or nothing. I mean, like throw out throw out the model, everything. This Calgary Flames team is just a they're a flawed team. They're I mean, it's there's there's no way that you can justify laying uh, big prices on this team. They've underperformed uh, greatly this season, and, and especially in these situations, they're eleven and thirteen when their odds, their money line odds are at least minus 190 or higher. Uh, and most of those games in that sample size, their money line odds are a lot higher than that, Up, you know, upwards of minus 250 and higher. So, um, it, you know, this this team just, it, they can't get it done. And um, I don't think that the Coyotes are necessarily a value bet in terms of my model. But like I said, that that's this, this that model is, 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 projecting the flames to win about as often as the betting market is and the betting market's been really wrong so i guess my model is trash too when it comes to the the calgary <laughs> flames right and i just i mean they're 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 just the biggest disappointment in the nhl right now they're the least profitable team they're everything everything about this team is is kind of unbettable right now yeah and uh Bimelka, uh insight saying Bimelka confirmed tonight so there you go on that uh but andy <laughs> i was curious like you're looking at this game we're kind of saying like, all right, Coyotes or nothing. What would you have to? What would the numbers have to get to for you to play it, or would you play it at well, at plus one eighty nine? I mean, no, I like I like my model spits out I think minus two oh six or something like that for Calgary, so pretty close okay. to the market there. Obviously, in order to justify a bet on the the, the Coyotes, I'd want you know upwards of plus two ten or something like that to even start to think about it, but. Um, uh, or plus 215 sorry something like that to, to even start to think about it but i mean just you know intuitively it's it's yotes or nothing right i can't I, I can't make a case for why you would bet on the calgary flames at, at anywhere close to those odds against anybody in the league at this point yeah and you see here aaron lapin saying fade the flames they are terrible and then insight bringing up this uh calgary flames yeah so the Minnesota Cal Cal calgary plays well but they don't get results okay so but calgary has like over their last seven games since returning uh from the all-star break they've got like a 62 and a half percent shot attempt uh percentage and their expected goals percentage is like 53 if you look at other teams that have a 60 plus shot attempt percentage uh you know their expected goals are closer to matching that right the flames just just aren't uh, uh an efficient team they they give up too much and they don't generate enough they're barely uh able to you know overperform expected goals on on offense uh, and they're still losing games right so i i don't necessarily like i i, I mean yeah, they dominate possession, but what do you do with it, right? And and if you if you're if you're the Calgary Flames, you're really not doing enough. So um, they just don't. I mean, you could look at their possession numbers; they look similar to teams like Carolina and better than teams like LA. But when you when you break it down in terms of scoring chances and things like that, the Flames just don't match up with those elite teams in in that regard. Yeah, and 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 the big thing too with this Flames team is you know they still continue to have their kind of up and downs. 
in the first period when when they're losing games, it's because Markstrom's giving up the first few shots of the game behind him. They're you know get down uh, you know one nothing, two nothing early in the first and having to dig themselves out of a hole. That's tough for any team. I don't care how talented you are uh, yeah. to do on a, on a nightly basis. And you know you look at their track record right now. They've actually gone seven and two the last nine in the first period over. Should have easily gone over against uh, the Flyers. That game should have been tied at two after twenty minutes. So Did you see the Coleman breakaway? Did yeah. you see that? <laughs> yeah. So it was and it was oh, tough because I had a I had a I had a, a larger than usual bet on that first period over and did not did not cash it. Only got one goal there. So I'm hoping to cash it tonight. I'm seeing a dollar thirty five with that over one and a half in the first period. Uh, and we've seen in the last six meetings between these two teams, the over in the first period cashed four of those six games. Uh, like I said, seven and two last nine with Calgary and Arizona. I think we're going to start seeing them kind of slide down. Of course, is they're, they're going to get in their full tank mode. We've already seen them go back to back uh, with uh, overs in the first period. So I think that's a, 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 worth, a worthy look there. I got, like I said, dollar thirty-five. I see dollar thirty-six at FanDuel. Uh, so you have to kind of shop around with those lower prices. Uh. Andy, I have a question for you and Alex as well, and I think people would be interested in this as we kind of wrap this up, but you touched on there the fact that your model kind of puts out similar numbers from the market uh, for Calgary, and I know you were joking about your model not not being good or whatever but for them, but as the season goes on, maybe you look and find that it's just not putting out something for a team that's kind of accurately reflecting what's going on there. Throughout the course of a season, how do you accommodate for that and how do you kind of make adjustments or do you make adjustments during a season on maybe a specific team whose output isn't really matching what the numbers are giving you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I find it, it pretty tough to make those type of adjustments because they're a lot of the time going to be kind of totally arbitrary, right? And, and I mean, um, it's mostly a, a sample size thing. And, and at that point when the sample is big enough, it's almost, um, it's, it's, it's not so much making adjustments as it is admitting defeat, uh, that my process is not good at capturing this particular team. Um, you know, and, and I kind of just, uh, I kind of just tend to avoid those teams when that, <laughs> when that happens, if, it, if it's such a problem where I feel like, uh, you know, in order to, 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 to get with the way things are actually working out in reality in terms of wins and losses for a specific team and, and match up a little bit more with their actual results, if it goes so much against my logic and the way that I've developed my process and the way that I go about things normally, uh, it kind of it kind of seems like a little bit out there for me. So I just tend to... You know, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just get this. This list will just grow as the season goes on, and by the end of the season, I'll have seven or eight teams that I want nothing to do with, and I just handicap the other eighty percent of the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just interesting because I know I've heard people talk about before, like, "Hey, this my model on this team doesn't seem to be matching up," and I was just <clears throat> wondering, like, how that happens or over the course of a season, how you deal with it, but. Well, and for me, I, I tend to have like two different sets of, of charts for everything. I kind of have a fast, I like, I've heard this term used before, I kind of borrowed it, but the, the fast and slow chart. So you have your slow chart, which is your steady power rankings of how good is this team top to bottom, how good's their depth, how good's their coaching, how good's their, you know, the, you know, their home ice advantage ranked in that. But then you have a fast chart of how they played in the last five or six games and, you know, what kind of things are they, are they doing from there. And you go between those two, and I think that's where you can kind of find the middle ground for those. You know, it, 
it may be a little bit seem like a little bit more work early in the year, but later on it kind of evens out and you know gives you a good balance and make sure you don't overcorrect or undercorrect your teams. <laughs> who's who's getting alerts there? That's me. That's me. That <laughs> okay. going, going nuts. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. We got breaking news here on the show, man. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing, nothing super breaking yet. If it is, I'll let you guys know though, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that'll about do it for today's show. Uh, we did lock in the <laughs> we did lock in the regulation time for the draw in the Chicago Dallas game plus four seventy two, as well as the over one and a half first period in the Calgary Arizona game at minus one thirty six. So if you want to see those picks in real time, you want to see them uh, as they grade and as we go into the game, make sure to check out uh, BetStamp app. Download the BetStamp app on iOS and Android. You can find us in the Find Better section as edgework hq track all the progress from this season in there so give that a look as well as making sure to hit subscribe here on the edgework youtube channel where we are live monday through friday 10 30 a.m eastern time as well as you can find us on all podcasting platforms after the show if you want to listen to it back and you can find our new podcast with david pagnotta dennis bernstein and zach bodenstein every wednesday here on the edgework hq youtube channel so new episode coming a little bit later today you're not going to want to miss that especially as trade deadline approaches they'll be looking at possible trades some rumors some things going on around the league looking at futures markets and how things may be impacted by those potential moves so make sure to hit subscribe like this stream thank you to everyone who tuned in here today alex andy appreciate your time appreciate the insight as always and uh for everyone else out there i will see you guys back here tomorrow morning at 10 30 a.m eastern time for another live show see you guys then